Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Helping you unwind after a long day of work. I'm just going to grab a healthy breakfast. Are those gummy bears wrapped in a fruit roll-up? The Nightcap. My dog, Sneaky Joe. Breakfast burrito, but yeah. I pity your dentist. On WGR. Joke's on you. I don't have a dentist. Sports Radio 550. What is that from? Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, okay. Never seen it. It sounds like I'd like it. Welcome back to the Nightcap. Jody Biasi and Derek Kramer. Our last hour of local programming for the week. Well, till the weekend. Yeah. Which is tomorrow. Sports Talk Saturday, 11 o'clock per usual tomorrow. And... We've got a new little thing going on here, too. What? What? What do we got? 9 to 10. What's going on 9 to 10? I'm hanging out 9 to 10. You are? Yeah. Nice. So, fun little thing we're trying out for now. What are you calling it? Saturday mornings with Derek. There's no title right now. Cup of Joe with Derek. That doesn't make any sense. That would would make more sense if I were (laughs) doing it. Yes. I don't know if there's Uh, anything clever with my name. Cup of Derek. It doesn't really it doesn't really roll off the tongue. Not really, no. Um what rhymes with Derek? Laric, Ferric. No, none of these words are real. None yeah, none of these words are things that happen. There are there was more sports on tonight than I let on to begin with the show. I completely forgot. Rochester Americans, they're on your TV. And they just gave up a goal. Yep, MSG. Uh yeah, Reed Boucher scored, who's a former first round pick, I think, for the Utica Comets. Also, UB men's basketball in action, trying to avoid a two-game losing streak. Not great news. They're down 55-51 to to Kent State, who is on an 11-2 run as of 10 minutes ago. Uh, and there is, so I'm assuming there's a score update there somewhere. They uh, have 14 minutes left as of then. They, they, you don't want to drop two in a row there to two max schools UB or else they could find themselves unranked. just stormed back. They were just trailing All right. with 11 minutes left, and they have stormed back. Ten minutes left now in the second half. 64-61 UB. All right, good. Let's hope they keep that up because two losses in a row, you don't want to see them drop to unranked, which I guess could happen if they lost two in a row. Um, and that's over on ESPN 1520 if you want to hear the conclusion of that game. Tease this before the break. The O'Reilly trade. We haven't done a lot of reminiscing on that. I think for good reason. I don't think we want to think about it. For one, you've got two players in the league right now who would have been described as not great locker room guys, problems, uh, off-ice problems. Not culture fits. Two guys, Robin Leonard, Ryan O'Reilly. Did they have to go? It was said that they did. They didn't. And now, look what's happening. Would I go back and undo the trade? I, I, I'm getting closer to that, especially with, the, with O'Reilly. Obviously, Leonard wasn't a trade. But you got two guys now that on the ice are having incredible seasons. 
And this is more about O'Reilly because the Sabres, I think, have done well at goaltender. Uh, Cap-wise, love where they're at. I think Hutton's really good. I think Hutton's he's good at least. And Olmark has been good, and he could really be something special uh, going forward here in net. So I'm fine there. Leonard, gone, good. I'm glad that he has cleaned himself up, and I'm glad that he's playing well for the Islanders. Kinda. I mean, I'd, I'd want that playoff spot. O'Reilly. The Blues have turned it around. So you can't just say, oh, wherever where he goes, he produces, but they're terrible. They've turned things around. I think they could make I think they're gonna make the playoffs. The West is really weak right now at the bottom. You got Minnesota in the playoff in a playoff spot. Edmonton's fighting for a spot. I think Arizona is a point out. Like that really tells you where the, the playoff picture is out there when the Arizona Coyotes are within striking distance, like right there. And specifically, Colorado and Dallas are the two teams right now in the wild card spot at 52 points. You've got Vancouver, who I do not think is a good team. I don't think most people think there's a good team, also at 52. Anaheim at 51. They've been awful recently. One of the worst. They went on like a 13-game losing streak. Uh, you got Arizona at 50 points. I don't think they're ready yet. And then there's St. Louis at 49. Remember, they came from the bottom. So they've kind of picked themselves up, dusted themselves off, and they are right back in the thick of things in that playoff spot. And Ryan O'Reilly is helping lead that as their number one center. He was our number two. And that's a position where the Sabres are struggling more than any other position right now. Outside of Eichel, they're getting almost nothing. And honestly, I like Thompson. I'm very optimistic for him in the future. Just that skill set, that shot he has, those hands, that speed with that size. Like, if he doesn't figure things out, there's going to be some wasted talent there. But, like I said, he's young, and I think that he probably does figure it out. But as of now, you're looking at that trade. You're probably going to get a mid-to-late first-round pick out of it. So we'll see what that becomes. They're going to have to hit on that pick to really make this trade a win. Or Thompson's going to have to become a sort of superstar. Because Sabotka just does nothing in the offensive zone for me. I, one of the most inept players in the offensive zone I've seen. He's very good. I'll give him credit for this. He's very good in his own end. And he's a very good penalty killer. But I already got one of those. I got Johan Larson, who does not give me much offense at all. And I can rely upon in my own end. I've already got that at center. And he's on a $3.5 million deal. Berglund is done. That's done. So that's gone. That headache's over. But he was a part of that trade. He was a 20-goal scorer. You wanted him to come in and be your second-line center if Middlestat wasn't ready to take that on. Because the guy's done it. He's been a second-line center in St. Louis for years. You just wanted him to hold down the fort. A bridge second-line center, if I can use that terminology to compare to football. Like a bridge quarterback waiting for the rookie to be ready. Between those three players, before I even say that, Ryan O'Reilly, this year, over a point a game, 49 games played, 18 goals, 50 points. And he's going to be participating in the uh, All-Star Skills Competition tonight because he's, he's been an All-Star all year. Over a point a game, 50 points, 49 games. The three players that have been on the ice for the Sabres this year that were a part of that trade. Vladimir Sabotka, Tage Thompson, Patrick Berglund. How do they compare to O'Reilly's 50 points? In 109 games played, that trio has 11 goals and 24 points. More than twice as many games, 
fewer than half the points. They've taken a big hit there. They've improved upon what they lost out at winger with Evander Kane. They lost production in Evander Kane. The goal's there. That has been replaced and then improved upon. Jeff Skinner has given you a lot more than Evander Kane was giving you here. So, okay, I, I did well there. But where is the center fix going to come? Because this team right now, like at what point are we valuing the talent over the culture? Because if it's true that Ryan O'Reilly had to go no matter what, you're basically saying that no amount of points can basically make it make all the culture stuff worthwhile make the locker room headache worthwhile if that's even true which is still to this this day and time all of that is still speculation at what point do you sit there and do you say hey i'd take the 35 extra points the 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 15 extra goals if i got to put up with a little bit in the locker room if that stuff's even true Look at the San Jose Sharks as a comparison here. Joe Thornton has been described as a headache throughout his career. He's got into it with his own GM, Doug Wilson. Not just like behind the scenes, like in the media. Joe Thornton and Doug Wilson have gotten into it. And he was their captain. Similar to here. O'Reilly was not the captain, but he was kind of seen as the leader. When he first got here, that first season, we were all kind of assuming that O'Reilly, hey, this guy's going to be the captain one day. He's captain material. Look, he's keeping Sam Reinhardt after practice, teaching him uh, different things or helping him improve upon certain things. And compare that to what it was last year and what was the offseason. What was the talk? You got to let Eichel take over. You got to let you got to make sure this is his team and you can't have two captains on the same ship. Well, didn't San Jose kind of have that similar situation? Joe Thornton was not only the leader of that team, he was their captain. And when Joe Pavelski came in and they determined, hey, this is the real leader of the team, because you know what, Thornton's gotten into it with the GM and Thornton seems to be a bit of a headache at times in the locker room. What did San Jose do? They took the C off of him, they gave it to Pavelski, and things have been fine. Thornton just plays a role there. Today, he's not hes not a franchise player on that team. He's been there a while, but look at his minutes. Look at his production. He's still really good, but he's not near the most important player on that team. And I think you could have had O'Reilly here and just... And this is assuming that he would have taken on this role. If he really wanted to win games, you could have sat him down and said, hey, this is Jack's team. You know it's Jack's team. Come on. Second overall pick, look at him. He's the most talented player in the organization. We're going to give him the C. This is his team. We want you to still be here. We want you to basically just give us what you do on the ice. Go be a 60-65 point player. Play the tough matchups. Penalty kill a little for us if you gotta. Win some draws so we don't need Vladimir Sabotka playing late game situations down one because you want him taking the draw and then afterwards he's not helping you much I think the what we've reached here is 
a point where I'm about ready to say I'd do that trade over. I like Thompson. I like having the first round pick. I'd like having a point of game center as my number two right now a lot more. I think if you were to throw that into their lineup on a night in and night out basis to have that type of production, just somebody you can rely upon to give you some sort of secondary scoring behind Jack Eichel and Jeff Skinner would really help this team right now. To just assume they weren't, wouldn't be as good as they are now by improving on the ice and maybe taking on something off the ice, I think is just wrong to do. To me, personally. I feel like there was a little bit of bad luck that played its part into this as well, though. I mean, mean? Patrick Berglund. His head not being right and not taking the trade very well? He was not playing well at all before that, though. I'm talking, like, like, yeah, when he came to Buffalo, but he didn't take the trade well. Okay. Right. But that's part of it. Yeah, I mean, it's just really one of those things, though, where if he had his head straight and he was able to, you know, produce something for the Sabres, but that even, would be, it would be a better, it would look like true. a better trade. That's fair. That's right. But to me, even if he was going to come in here and he was going to give you what he's been giving you in St. Louis, 20 goals, maybe he gets to 40 points and he's a good two-way centerman. Then we're still talking about right now sitting here today, O'Reilly having more points and goals than all three of those players in fewer than half games, half the games. Yes. Because there's the no trade. way Berglund's production would have been enough to kind of equalize that out. And even if you equalize that out, we're still talking about one player versus three. Yes. And again, I still think that the trade looks worse because of the fact. Sure. But uh, sitting here, but if today, do you think they'd be a worse team if Ryan O'Reilly was on their team? I think they, they would be relatively even. I really think that. So you don't think he makes that big an impact? Like, what would you call their problem on their team right now that needs to be fixed? Secondary scoring. And to me, I think he's a fix for that. So he is, I don't know. He is you, a fix. I don't that. know if you have that issue, and if you don't have that issue, then I think I'm a pretty good team. Not not just a pretty good team. I think they are that right now. I think I'm like, I think I'm set in the playoffs. I think I should be a playoff team if he is on my team and he has basically fixed my biggest problem. And again, the other well, it thing, would have never been a problem. The major really. thing is is that we don't truly know what happened behind the locker room doors. We don't truly know the mindset of Ryan O'Reilly. So, but you do all we know, can do is speculate that part being part of the equation because otherwise trading him when you're trying to build a team to be successful you would have kept that kind of piece you do know though that through all all of that if there was all of that stuff going on that he was still producing on the ice so to me like the over oh, the bigger question here isn't necessarily what like it, the, the the comparison looking at the points is a part of this but i think the bigger overall question here is at what point do you stomach anything that's happening off the ice because he is giving you so much on the ice. Because, like I said, he wasn't That's the thing. He wasn't an elite player on the ice for you, but he was an all-star level guy. Yeah, he's a solid second center, and the Sabres could have absolutely used that. But again, He'd easily be their third best forward right now. Again, you don't just trade that for no reason, though. That's the problem. Unless you just think you have to make a change and you don't know what else to do. And... Because what else would the what, but again? They who talk, else would you make that change with? I guess well, is the I'm other saying, question. Because Bottrell said at the end of last season we need to make changes, and that was fair. Like they did need to make changes, but who else would you have made that change with? Like, did you actually have to do that change? Like, I don't, I don't want them to make change in that spot just for the sake of making change. You know what I mean? Because to me, yeah, I, I get it. It just yes, the trade doesn't look so good. But 
It's, it's also a nowhere near finished, and sure. b there's things that we can't get a true grasp on. What what would what would that package have to become for you to for to say it's a win? Thompson to me has got to become a a fifty point player, and I think you got to get a productive guy out of that first round pick. Otherwise. Like when I say productive, I'm saying like either top six forward or top four defenseman. If you get a combination of either a top six forward slash top four defenseman, four defenseman with that pick, or and, and Thompson say he only becomes a top nine forward, but like solid third winger, third line winger, that's a decent combination for me. Yeah, then I'm I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay there. I'm you not calling it a win, that. but I, yeah, but I'm you okay can easily that. stomach that. Sure, absolutely. Um, but if you get a top six winger out of Thompson and then say either a top four or a top six. D man or forward, then you absolutely can clock that as yeah, it hurt right away, but we came out on this. Not that St. Louis didn't, but it could be called a win win. Mm-hmm. I think that the one thing that can absolutely be said St. Louis is getting theirs out of Ryan O'Reilly, and good for them. Sure, but I think O'Reilly was not traded for what he was doing on the ice. No, it's tough to make that argument. Correct. And that's why the only part I would of never that, say, I would never yeah. say that it's on the ice. The only thing that I can even speculate, and that's the thing, speculate, is that there was something else behind closed doors that we will not know. The uh, the only thing on the ice that I will say could have affected it, I don't think his production would have came into why he was traded. It's but... the lack of fist bumps between him and Jack Eichel. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's it's really like his, his foot speed. Like, that was a problem. I, won't, I will not submit there. Or I will not uh, argue that. Like, you did need to get faster. And that was a way of doing it. Like Thompson's faster than O'Reilly, but again, I got fa- I got speed in Skinner, I got speed in Eichel, and I th- I felt like I could have find found speed somewhere else. To be fair, Skinner did not happen until after that deal anyway. True. That's the other thing we do have to take. You think the- they make that Skinner trade? Well, they they I they they would have had to right. That package. I was gonna say, do you think yeah. they make that trade if O'Reilly's still on the team? I, anybody makes that. If that's that available, team. absolutely, yeah. it still happens. Like. That, that's the only way that happened is because of how they got the for package. Nothing. Yeah, how Skinner. the package came up. Right. Even Connor Sherry for his struggles this season was a very cheap get. Mm-hmm. You got him for a fourth that might become a third, and you had to take on Hunwick's contract, which isn't terrible and only it's, lasts two more years. Two point five. Yeah. It is. Yeah, two point two five. Which isn't terrible, and right. it's over in what two seasons? Ne- after next year, it'll be over. Yep. Oh, even better. Thirty three. So it'll be over after next year. Yeah, so that's a very manageable kind of I also Hunwick hasn't played a lot this year. Advanced stats are kind to him. They're not amazing, but like I think you can do worse as, as a, for a seventh defenseman. So I, I don't hate that trade either. Um, like I said, like my big I they totally washed Carolina, and like you can't argue. That Carolina didn't lose that trade. You can, I, while I'm sitting here and saying I would probably want to do over on that O'Reilly trade, there is still absolutely an argument to be made the Sabres win that trade, which is different from that Carolina trade because we know they won that Carolina trade. Like, even if wow, Skinner hasn't it's been still scoring, amazing. like even if Skinner hasn't been scoring at the clip that he has this season, that's still a fleecing. If he was just going to be a 30 goal scorer like he's been at times, that's still a fleecing. Yeah. Let alone the 50 he's on pace for. Yeah, like, come on. Like, even if he's, he's not a scoring a Richard candidate. Yeah. Like, he's only, what, trailing Ovechkin still? Yeah, Ovechkin's pulled away a little bit. Of course he has, because 
death he, taxes and Alex Ovechkin winning the Richard. He's going to break the goal record. I'm telling you. I, he's I going hope to he, break the goal record. I'm cheering for it. He's exactly 250 goals away. And he scores still at a ridiculous pace that... He might score 60 this year. If he does, that's a huge help for him. Because we had this discussion in the summer. I know. I, I love talking about it because it, it seems like such an unbreakable record considering when Gretzky played and the fact that like he had 92 in a season once. And it's fascinating that it's something that is no longer conceivably insane. Because Ovi's played, he's been healthy, he's been consistent throughout his career. And he's still got a disgustingly fast shot. 33 years old, he's still got time. I mean, what what do you think, guessing, what do you think the his one, lowest goal total is of his career? Uh, I'm going to guess lockout shortened. I, I don't even, yeah, lockout, it is lockout Lockout shortened, shortened season, 31. 32. Wow. In a lockout shortened season. That's actually pretty impressive that I guessed that off the top of my head. It's just, I'm telling you, he, but breaks, that's the thing, he like, breaks the goal record, he's the best player of this lockout generation. Lockout shortened season, that dude had 30 goals. It's amazing. He is, I'm going to say it, and it may sound a little disrespectful and I don't care. Alex Ovechkin is the greatest pure goal scorer of all time. I agree. I also think he's the best. It, maybe I, I'll hold this off until he starts to get closer to that record and if he breaks it. If he breaks the record, though, he's the best player of this generation. I would agree with that. Over Crosby. Yes, and, you know. Maybe not. Those... But we'll see if McDavid passes. I might want to call that a different generation anyway. Yes, I would agree with that. Like, um, yeah, that's actually kind of fair because what? By it, the time McDavid was drafted, those two in Crosby and Ovechkin have almost had, what, 10 years? Yeah. So... So yeah, I guess you could say that. Yeah, you could actually say that conceivably, and do you think be he okay ha- with it? Do you think he has to break the goal record though to be considered better than Crosby? Probably, because usually the argument he's not going to get the cups. Probably, yeah. Usually the cups would be your first argument, and he's probably not getting there. And but he's not if he has the that. record in this era, that's the, the most amazing part. Yeah, in this era, the only way it oh. would have been more impressive is if he did it in the early two thousands before the first lockout. Yeah. That would have been the only other way it could have been just as impressive. But That's right. Alex Ovechkin is the pure, the best pure goal scorer of all time. Uh, we I'm are, crowning him. You're crowning him? I'm, I'm going to second that. We are 30-ish minutes away from the NHL skills competition. If you're looking for something to watch tonight that is sports-related, Jack Eichel and Jeff Skinner will be participating. Uh, UB basketball, quick update for you. Less than four minutes to go. They hold a three-point lead at Kent State. You can listen to the conclusion of that game over on ESPN 1520. If you missed the song draft from earlier here on WGR, that's on demand at WGR550.com and the radio.com app. It's the Nightcap, Jody Biasi and Derek Kramer here on WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap. Joe DiBiase hanging out here for another half hour on WGR. To get you a little more of an insider's look into the NHL, as we talked more about the O'Reilly trade last segment, but we did mention Jeff Skinner and some news on Skinner over the past couple days regarding his contract. TSN's Darren Dreger, he's plugged in. He was on with the instigators per usual earlier today. Here's Dreger with the guys. Darren Dreger, TSN Hockey Insider. You can follow him on Twitter at Darren Dreger. Good morning, Darren Dreger. Hey, good morning, guys. Great to uh, have you on yet again. Uh, how's everything going? Now, Marty asked you, you're not in San Jose because why? They don't have the Board of Governor meetings anymore. Yeah, they don't have their NHL meetings, which, uh, I mean, that was part of the attraction for me, obviously, from an insider perspective. Um, I'm okay with the weekend. I enjoy it. I'll watch it from afar. But uh, just from a business perspective, 
Uh, I can schmooze pretty much 11 months out of the year. I don't need uh, to go all the way to San Jose for are, that. Are you interested in the player tracking and puck tracking that they will be testing uh, at the All-Star Game this weekend? Yeah, I'd say moderately. You know, anything that has to do with data collection, uh, I'm interested in. Uh, but I want to I wanna see it, you know, in the bigger picture and... Yeah, you know, how it's going to influence decisions, how it might influence marketing, all of those things. So I'm a little skeptical of it. I think most are a little skeptical. But, you know, in the world that we live in, from a technological standpoint, I think it's pretty obvious that this is the next step in that techno direction. So I'm intrigued to see. And then, look, this is also why All-Star Weekend is important. You know, it wasn't that long ago they were testing the ref cam, right? And... And now the ref cam, for the most part, has become a staple of how we watch games and, and the coverage, and that video angle gives us a different perspective. So I am, I'm going to be watching, and I'm going to be curious to see you know, what this means for the game moving forward. Darren Dreger, TSN Hockey Insider, joins us every Friday at 11.30. So you talk about watching, and that leads me to deadline watch. And I know that uh, NHL trade deadline is February 25th. I know there's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of questions on a lot of different things. Number one, do you have any insight on the Skinner-Buffalo um, Sabres contract talks? Um, number two, Austin Matthews, you mentioned, are they inching closer? And number three, any other names out there that uh, maybe we could talk about? But also later on in our segment here, Riv wants to pick a bone with you about uh, Mark Stone. So, okay. So uh, we'll, well, we'll leave that one for later. With, yeah, let's start with you. With Jeff Skinner and that negotiation, um, both sides, in this case Newport, who represents Skinner and, and the Buffalo Sabres, are, are trying to keep the daily play-by-play to a very minimum. So, you know, we're not getting a whole lot of intel other than they're amicable conversations and negotiations, and it seems to be tracking in the right direction, which means forward. And as we've talked about on the instigators before, I don't think anyone should question the mutual interest and appetite to get something done here. You know, Jeff Skinner recognizes that Buffalo has been an excellent fit for him, and there's no reason to, to think that it's not going to be that moving forward. So I think that he believes he's a part of it, and he wants to continue to be a part of that on a longer term. You know, it's just hashing out what that term looks like and what the dollars look like. And, uh, again, I, I don't have any reason to believe that they're not going to get something done but no different than any other the other high-level pending unrestricted free agents. Uh, it, it, it's a challenge because there is a back and forth, and you know the Buffalo Sabres are no different either. They've got a slot in terms of where they think this guy fits financially, and they're going to push hard to keep him in that. Darren Dreger joining us on the phone right now, TSN Hockey Insider, every Friday at 11.30. What are some other names around the league? I mean, I know if the Sabres were to sign Skinner, that would be almost like a, an acquisition at the deadline, okay? Yeah. I mean, it's like picking up a player for free. Now, are there some other names out there, maybe not necessarily that Sabres would go after, but we've heard names like Andre Burakovsky's name came up uh, today. You had mentioned um, in messages that, uh, you know, yeah. maybe Broussard and Pittsburgh or – uh, you know, maybe Carolina could be involved in other deals. Yeah, and and a name that has been thrown out there is a Fantasio with the Detroit Red Wings, and uh, his name crossed my desk last week, and I did some checking with my Red Wings sources, and I was told, no, 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 you know, unless it's one of those can't-miss opportunities, they see a Fantasio as being part of their future, that, that development of a younger core. 
Now, in saying that, you know, where do these rumors and where does this speculation come from? Is the player unhappy in Detroit? There's been some who wonder uh, about his relationship with Jeff Blaschel. I'm not there. I don't know that to be true. But I don't think that that's enough to encourage a change in Detroit. And based on the feedback that I got from the Red Wings, I think that the speculation is a little off base. As for Derek Broussard in Pittsburgh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's an appetite for trade there. Um, again, they're handling it very professionally. I think coming out of the All-Star break, you know, things will probably get a little bit more aggressive on that front. Who might be interested in Broussard is going to be interesting. You know, Pittsburgh sounds like they'd like to get a, a three-center back. You know, Winnipeg was real close to acquiring Broussard last year um, from Ottawa. And I think that they still have some interest in Derek Broussard, although the ask from Pittsburgh might kind of curb that. And, and Winnipeg's also looking at some other pieces. You know, Wayne Simmons would be a nice add in Winnipeg. Maybe Mike Furland. Maybe they add a defenseman. So, uh, in Carolina, I bring up Furland. Uh, that name is going to be there, you know, until he gets traded or right up to the February 25th deadline. It seems likely he's going to get moved. I think he'd be a nice ad for a lot of the contending teams. And they've got two right shot defensemen in uh, Dougie Hamilton and, and Brett Pesci that are attracting some interest as well. So coming out of the All Star break, I think things will pick up. Is Carolina trying to? trade everybody that they used to have on the roster and bring in completely new players on that roster and change the look of the franchise? Because it seems to me like they're entertaining trades with players they just acquired. I know. It, it is a head-scratcher. And, look, you know, the Carolina Hurricanes aren't out of the playoff mix. And, yeah. and you know, Donnie Waddell keeps saying he wants to add more scoring, and he did that with Minnesota and making the Niederreiter trade. And, you know, he's not giving these players away. But, you know, here's an experienced guy who recognizes that, you know, if you're looking to add value, then you better be able to give up quality in return. And when I look at Brett Pesci, uh, I think that he can play as a top four. Um, you know, he's a good penalty kill guy. He's a good matchup defenseman, shutdown role. I'm not sold at his playmaking ability. So, you know, whether he can develop into an all-around defenseman, we'll wait and see. But teams have interest in him because he's a right shot, because there's cost certainty in his contract. And, you know, I'm also, I want to put a big question mark beside Dougie Hamilton. You know, I, I don't understand wow. what's going on there. You know, I mean, how big is he? Six five, six six. He's enormous. Yeah. You can powder the puck. Um, you know, he puts up decent offensive numbers. You know, again, there's cost certainty there. He's a right shot, yet, you know, he's not that far removed from being traded by the Bruins to the Calgary Flames and from the Calgary Flames to the Carolina Hurricanes. And, you know, Calgary got terrific return in Noah Hannafin, and Lindholm has been lights out good offensively for Carolina. So maybe the Hurricanes are trying to uh, correct some past mistakes in, in uh, moving out some scoring in Skinner and Lindholm. So why are we even sitting here? To, why is Carolina even talking about Michael Furland being on the blocks? I know he's unrestricted, but you know he's yeah. a big uh, he's a big guy. He skates exceptionally well. He's having a pretty good season so far. Why why would they not want to build with this? Uh, this yeah, I, I, I'm right with you, Rev. It's a head scratcher for me. Other than the obvious, they don't want to pay him. They don't want to pay him to to take him off the unrestricted free agent market and. Yeah, he, he's probably going to come in just below Tom Wilson, and maybe not. Yeah, I mean, you know, Tom Wilson is a horse. I think that he's best in class when you look at that type of player. Um, you know, Wayne Simmons is, is creeping up there. There's another pending unrestricted free agent. But, you know, Mike Furland is, is one of those guys where 
Yeah, I think you can play in your top six. I don't think there's any question about that. And you got that deterrent value that comes with him. And look, you know, for that type of of hybrid sort of player, you got to pay for it. And I don't think five million is is too rich for Mike Furland, but apparently it it is for the Carolina Hurricanes. And the truth is, curiously, it doesn't seem like Carolina management ownership has really engaged from a, a contract perspective with the Furland camp. So I think that they maybe made their mind up from a management perspective on moving him a while ago. Trade deadline is a month away. It's February 25th. It's deadline watch right now with uh, Darren Dreger at 11.30 every Friday. But um, will Edmonton be making moves? Will they have a, a – is their general manager or, associate, or interim general manager, yeah. Keith Gretzky, is he going to be allowed to make any moves? And uh, what do you think about the mess going on out there? Well, it's a mess. Uh, there's no no doubt of that. And, and how do you clean it up in season? It's next to impossible. And you well, know, they're not Keith out Gretzky of it, though. Is, That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, he's recognized as being a good hockey guy. You know, he probably doesn't have the full skill set to be an NHL general manager. So, you know, that's why, you know, Bob Nicholson and company will uh, formulate their list and then they'll go through that process. But I think it's more about just calming things in Edmonton. And even though the deadline is looming on February 25th, I'd be surprised if anything, if Edmonton did anything drastic or bold, because what are you going to do? You know, you, Nicholson came out the other day and, and bluntly said to the media after firing Shirelli that they weren't willing to mortgage their future. Well, if you're not trading a first-round pick, you're not willing to consider Yessi Pugliarvi or some of the younger pieces, how do you get better? How, how, how do you acquire the wingers or the defensemen that you feel like you need? How do you get that secondary leadership to help take some of the heat off Connor McDavid? So, they're in a curious spot, and uh, the corrections may be better served if they do it organizationally, top to bottom, when they get to the offseason and there's more flexibility throughout the league. Is it at Ford their need in Edmonton, or is it on D? I mean, I've yeah. heard uh, Dougie Hamilton, you talked about him, but his name, you know, you circle back to last year, uh, Boston traded him to Calgary and then, you know, going to Carolina, but Edmonton was... Uh, you know, in this talks and maybe have offered something. So could Dougie Hamilton go to Edmonton and, and try to help him on defense? Well, I don't want to dismiss that. I, I mean, he's a big ticket. And Edmonton, as we know, is a cap team. And that's probably not going to change anytime soon. I think that their need is more up front. You know, they're okay. getting Oscar Kluffbaum back. Now, he's a legit one-two defenseman on pretty much any team around the National Hockey League. So when he comes back, that's going to take some of the heat off. And, and they do have some young guys developing. You know, Caleb Jones was playing well, you know, and, and surprisingly got sent back to Bakersfield in the American Hockey League. They've, they've got Bouchard, who's developing in junior hockey. I mean, they've got the pieces coming. It just feels like up front is where things are a bit more urgent because Hitchcock has identified on more than one occasion he essentially has four forwards that he thinks that they can win with. And that's clear. It's McDavid, it's Dreisaitl, it's Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, and believe it or not, it's Alex Jason. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they need some glue guys, some grittier players, uh, and some guys who can uh, flat-out play the game. But that takes me back to what I said a minute ago. How do you acquire those pieces if you're not willing to part with either one of the good roster players that you have or some of the youth that you're trying to develop or a first or second round draft pick. It's next to impossible. Uh, hearing the idea of a six-year deal um, for Austin Matthews. Yeah. 
Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting, and I wonder if, if teams and, and players, frankly, aren't thinking that this is a move to the future. You know, I, all these guys, we're talking about superstar players, or at least budding superstar players like Austin Matthews, and McDavid is that. He's established already. You know, these guys have a high level of confidence in their long-term abilities and, and what they're going to be able to do in the National Hockey League. So why wouldn't you, rather than jump at, you know, the term security and financial security of an eight-year maximum, consider a shorter term at five or six years so you can hit the grand slam again as a pending unrestricted free agent. And in doing that, I can also see the Maple Leafs, as an example, expressing interest in that five, six-year term um, because the annual average salary of that term is going to be less on the shorter term than it would be on the longer term because the player needs a bigger number for that security to give back those unrestricted free agent years to the Maple Leafs in this case. So I think that uh, there is a mutual interest there. I do. Think about making 20% of the cap in six years, boys. Cap's going to be at $100 million. He could be <laughs> making like $18 million bucks. He could, you know, provided he continues to play as well as he is. And no reason to doubt that. So, it, I mean, there is, as long as, and you guys know this, I mean, you know, not every player likes having that uncertainty. They, lots of players love the idea of the term certainty and the financial security of those big deals. But if you've got, if you've got that level of confidence, then yeah. why would six you years, six years, sixty million bucks? I don't know yeah. how he could ever be secure from twenty-six <laughs> to a hundred. Um, you know, but you know what? I wish him well with that. If he wants to sign a six-year deal, that's his own fault. Hey, Dregs, thanks for your time today, man. Awesome as always. Okay, guys, have a great week. There is Darren Dreger with Peters and Marty. We'll come back, wrap things up. Last call on the nightcap. If you got any final thoughts on the song draft, now is the time at 803-0550. I got one final thing to say slash play uh, before we get out of here. It's the nightcap with Jody Biasi on WGR. Welcome back to the nightcap. This almost was a selection of mine in the song draft. This is Civil War by Guns N' Roses. I went with Sweet Child of Mine instead. Uh, We only got like a minute here, so quick recap of how the polls ended up going. Because you can vote on who had, or you can give a draft grade, that is, to each team from the song draft from earlier today. At WGR550 on Twitter. DJ Anthony, he's, he's first place. 42% 42% give him an A, 50 or 30% with a B. Uh, Bulldog probably in second place right here, 30% A, 35% B. Mike Shope. Me and Mike Shope, it, it depends what you're looking at. I have a higher percentage of A's with 21%. Mike has 12%. Or, sorry, that's Paul. Uh, Mike has 18%. And 38% B for Mike, while I only have 24%. So that's why. Third, I guess, is up for uh, up for debate. And then Paul coming in at 12% A, just 20% B. So, you, like I said, you can vote on that at WGR550 on Twitter. Sports Talk Saturday tomorrow, as well as Derek from 9 to 10 for your local programming. I'll be back on Monday. Thanks, everybody. You can listen to the whole song draft at the radio.com app and on WGR550.com in on demand audio. Have a good weekend. Later.
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.